Hello, and welcome to the CDI podcast. I'm Dylan Edgel, Assistant Director of the University of Central Arkansas Center for Community and Economic Development. And I'm Emily Cooper-Yates, Project Coordinator for CCED. Our guest today is Mayor Trey Reed from Lone Oak, Arkansas. Mayor Reed is in his first mayoral term in Lone Oak and has already made huge strides for the city. Mayor Reed, welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm honored at, uh, at the invite and I'm humbled at the same time. So thank you. And to start us off, can you just tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Not by my design, I can promise you that. So um, it's been an interesting ride. And uh, they say variety is the spice of life and it keeps every day uh, interesting. But I enjoy it, you know. So, yeah, I'll take you back, guys. I, I didn't grow up in Arkansas. I'm not a native to the state. I was born in Mississippi. I grew up in Tennessee. Um, went to high school in a little town called Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, southern middle, south of Nashville. Um, played sports, uh, typical small town, uh, really good, you know, uh, small town upbringing. I uh, went to uh, college uh, at uh, a junior college north in, in North Mississippi, and then I moved to Mississippi State uh, to finish my degree in landscape architecture, uh, where uh, I had to uh, find an extracurricular that would help pay uh, uh, for my semesters and join the Air Force ROTC. Uh, and so uh, from there, uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to do okay in that program and uh, somehow found myself in pilot training after I graduated. So um, I had a uh, career uh, as an aviator and uh, in the active duty as my full-time job, which was stable because I graduated college in 2005, so six and seven in training. About 2008 is when the bottom fell out of the economy. And I had a bunch of friends that were uh, victims of that, trying to you know find jobs as landscape architects and uh, it was a tumultuous time but um, had a stable career and we were involved in the Middle East at that point in time so um, I was able to fly C-130s uh, which is how I kind of anchored my connection to Lone Oak when I moved to Central Arkansas if you don't know Little Rock is the uh, mecca for C-130s it's where everybody comes to train and to learn how to fly that platform it's an amazing airplane by the way uh, and so I met my wife uh, in training here, and then we moved off to uh, Texas, served uh, my first assignment there um, overseas, to and from multiple different employments, and then uh, moved from Texas to Mississippi, became an instructor pilot uh, for the next six years. So I had about 13 years in the active duty, and uh, it was time to, to I needed a change, uh, and I wanted to be around my kids more. Uh, and there's no better way, I think, to do that than in a small town. And so uh, I put my wife through enough. I said, you know, you moved with me uh, and, and survived all these different deployments. So uh, let's go back to your hometown, raise a family uh, and just be a, a productive, uh, just be productive members in society. Uh, and so that's what we did. We made a decision to move back to Lone Oak. Um, believe it or not, I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to be in the, in the city limits. Um, I wanted to find a nice place. Uh, with a couple acres in the county uh, and, and just, you know, uh, live my life in a more rural setting. Um, but I think God saw fit to, to uh, put a house in our, in, in, in our path that we couldn't turn down. Um, so that's what we did. We found a house in almost the heart of the community, right downtown. Um, we love our, we love our house. We really enjoy this community and 
when we moved here, I was uh, able to make some connections uh, that really set the groundwork for the next two years up until present. Um, and that was with, if you're familiar, I'm sure we could talk about it, the inception of Kickstart and 2022 were going on at that same time. Uh, and all I did was I, I called and said, hey, how can I get involved? How can I help? How can I, how can I, you know, help you guys push this rock uphill and, and make the town uh, progress? Um, and so ultimately that led to a, a political decision. Uh, and here I am today sitting in front of you on a podcast, which I never expected. So uh, that's, uh, that's about 15 or 20 years in about uh, a minute and a half or two. It sounds like you have been on quite a journey for sure. Um, that's awesome. I, we find more and more that um, everyone in this uh, line of work just kind of happens into it, you know, uh, non-traditional. So, <laughs> um, so you mentioned Kickstart. Uh, let's talk a little about that. CCED worked with the city of Lone Oak on a program called Kickstart in 2016 where we created community-led strategic plans for five communities in Arkansas. You were involved with that process as a citizen of Lone Oak, and now you serve as mayor. Can you talk about what that was like as a citizen and how Lone Oak is working towards achieving this strategic vision? So as I was describing, um, I was, I'm still currently serving in the uh, Arkansas uh, Air National Guard. Um, I'm a traditional guardsman, which means I go in about once a week or so. I don't, I don't have a full-time position. So it allows me the flexibility uh, to manage a work schedule like this. Uh, and I'm very thankful to the guard uh, for understanding uh, the amount of time that's involved in, uh, in this position. But making that transition from active duty to a guard unit, um, it, it's uh, cannot be, I mean, it wasn't easy for me. Um, and I actually had some, some downtime. I had a period of time where I didn't actually have a source of employment when we moved here um, because I wasn't able to sign up with the guard immediately uh, and I had to figure out a way to kind of span the gap if you will uh, and so I found myself uh, in the middle of a bunch of you know a do-good initiative uh, as a very uh, proactive military officer thinking all right what do I do with my time right now um, I was able to kind of tap into the momentum and the strategic vision and the planning that was going on with Kickstart, it was all a, it was all a matter of timing, um, and at the time, uh, big thanks to uh, Amy Whitehead for all of her support and help in getting our community off the ground. But uh, so I don't know if I was invited or if I just invited my, myself uh, to uh, a few of the um, strategic action meetings. But if you, if you guys are aware, uh, there are six strategic action teams: beautification and recreation, downtown and retail development, uh, jobs and education housing and real estate, branding and marketing, and then we have infrastructure, right? So these are the six different uh, strategic plans that Kickstart identified uh, and then framed and then split up into six different teams to tackle. And I was on uh, probably at least two, if not three of those teams, because I had a lot of time on my hands. And we would meet um, every week or every other week. We were hosting quarterly meetings. Uh, and so, you know, the most uh, intriguing part about that process for me was, uh, first of all, there were people uh, from every color, race, and creed, uh, and every age. Uh, it, was, it wasn't, it was you know, they say the same old 10 people, which you guys have heard, um, and every town deals with that, the same people who are the ones who step up consistently and, and take the charge. But uh, there were folks 
uh, all across the spectrum that were participating in this process. And as a new guy in a, in a community with a lot of, I don't know, harebrained creative ideas, nobody ever said, Hey, new guy, you know, sit in the corner and let us handle this. You know, we're the ones who have been here for, you know, decades, you know, but they were inclusive and they were encouraging and it was a positive environment. You know, uh, it was a positive uh, process to be a part of. And I'm very grateful uh, that people were welcoming uh, to the new guy's ideas. Okay. Um, and so we were building momentum. We were building conversation. We were uh, identifying uh, what are our resources um, and still getting help and mentorship from UCA at, during that time. It was, I would say, a very uh, encouraging process to be a part of, to see volunteers continually giving their time to an idea because nothing at that point in time had been implemented really. And, and we look at the kickstart phase as a strategic phase. And then we, uh, you know, the name has morphed into Lone Oak 2022, which represents the implementation piece of this, the five years that we're actually getting busy, rolling our sleeves up and making things happen. Uh, and then after that five years, we'll move into more of a sustainability phase where how do we keep this going for the next at least 10 years and maybe two decades until we can pass the torch on to some other folks uh, who want to see this community progress as much as we do. And that's as much, that's every bit as important as the strategic phase is, right? Once you get the fire started, how do you keep it going so that it doesn't go out? And, and, you know, continuing on being on both sides of that strategic planning process, uh, what advice do you have for community leaders and city leadership looking to engage their citizens in community development efforts? Well, uh, there's a lot that can be said for that. Um, I think at the end of the day, you just have to set the example and you have to model the change that you want to see. That's it at the end of the day. Um, and that's kind of maybe the secret sauce to how we go from man, this would be a good idea to, that's really neat. Look what they're doing over there. You know, that, that planning to that doing piece and you just have to uh, bring some grit to the table and you have to make it happen with what you've got. Um, you know, one of the uh, examples um, that I'd give to that is, is uh, you know, during that strategic play phase of kickstart when we were discussing, Hey, um, what are we going to do? What are these projects going to look like? Where are we going to get the funds? Uh, we're putting stuff up on the board and you know, my wife and I moved to town. We didn't really talk about this piece, but uh, we were thinking about, Hey, how can we invest in the community? What about a grocery store? Uh, Cause that's one of those challenges that Lono has is, is we have a Walmart, but we don't have say fresh access to local vegetables, uh, milks, meats, things like that that are uh, locally sourced and procured, which would be really cool. And I think it's something that every community needs. Um, so we were thinking in our minds, what would it take, you know, to bring that to the community? And we're looking into drafting business models and stuff. And I said, you know, I just wasn't comfortable not having known the lay of the land uh, and being the new guy in the community. So we said, we, one thing we can do, it's low cost, high yield, uh, would be an experimental farmer's market. So let's do that, right? And so <clears throat> that's one thing that Ashley and I uh, put a lot of work into the first year that we were here. Uh, and uh, it was, I would say, wildly successful the first year and we've been successful since the last two years, but uh, we it's still got a lot of growth in front of it. And I say that to say this across the street was Tim Tate, 
Okay. What a lot of folks don't know is, is uh, Tim is quite the gem in our, in our community. And uh, he, uh, he's in our downtown area. Uh, he and his mom, Flossie, have managed a, uh, a um, service station uh, probably since the uh, late 60s, uh, you know, early set self-service, okay, non-ethanol, uh, you know, pay by cash, check if they know you. Um, I'm trying to talk Tim into serving uh, bologna sandwiches and moon pies. Uh, it would be such a cool place. But Tim uh, is a really, really cool guy, and I really enjoy getting to know him. And, you know, going, like I was just saying, set the example and, and bringing some grit to the table and going from that, hey, this would be a really cool idea to just doing it. I was able to open up a conversation with, with, with Tim and say, hey, Tim, you got this really nice canvas of brick wall here. Uh, if I were able to, I don't know, find the resources, would you allow me to paint a mural? And I had done some uh, Photoshop ska uh, napkin sketches of, of what I saw uh, that I thought would be kind of a cool, uh, eclectic, unique, um, you know, nothing too special, but still um, a project that was incremental and that would, uh, you know, raise the flag and bring a victory to a community that was looking for some progress. And he was like, I don't know, man, that's kind of weird. You're just rolling up here saying you're going to do it. You're not going to charge me. Uh, you know, what are you trying to get out of it? I said, look, uh, you know, we just want to show some folks that uh, we can put some muscle behind a project and make things happen. Uh, he was on board with it, um, and it was a huge success afterwards. Uh, we were able to raise, I think, just under $1,000 for the paint and materials. Somebody donated a crane or a, a lift station that we could actually get up and paint 25, 30 feet on top of the you know, part of the wall. And, um, and so... Um, you just at the end of the day, you got to wake up and say, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can today and, and look for opportunities to, to, to do, you know, and, and to take a risk. You don't know how it's going to turn out. Trust me. I didn't have a clue how that was going to turn out. I've never done a mural before, um, but we made it happen. And I had faith in myself and the people that were behind us that we, you know, there was uh, a, a decent amount of folks that were a part of the Kickstarter program at the time that contributed. Uh, either by helping paint um, or by donating uh, to that process and make it happen. Uh, and it was a big win for the community. You know, we talked about it. We did it. We spanned that gap. And that that is applicable to not just a mural. I mean, that's a small, but telecommunications. Hey, let's talk about it. Let's come up with a plan. Let's articulate that plan and then tell the story and let's make it happen. You know, and it's, it's a scalable uh, approach to life. If that makes sense. And I think that uh, we're exercising that. It looks different for every project, but we we're mindful of it and we're exercising it every day. And it takes a team. There's no one person, man, that can make these things happen. It takes just a group of really good people that want to affect change, have the, have good intentions. Uh, and they're what I say, sharing a conscious. Okay. They're sharing a conscious. So. As an elected official and CDI year one participant, can you talk about how CDI has helped you in your role as mayor of Lone Oak? Absolutely. I think CDI really opened my eyes to how many different, I'll say, tentacles that the octopus has. Okay. All the different avenues of progress with the chambers. There were librarians in my class. Okay. Um, chamber directors, um, 
economic developers. There were seven mayors. I don't know if we had a big class or not. I think there were probably 45 or 50 folks in that year one class. I think that was pretty big, but uh, there were mayors, there were uh, clerks. Um, so it was a, a culmination of different positions and different perspectives. Uh, and it really opened my eyes to, um, well, for one, how many people it really takes to move uh, and to progress our cities. Uh, it opened my eyes to how connected Arkansas really is when you start looking uh, for patterns. And, uh, you know, um, there's, <clears throat> there's people in every community across the state uh, that are doing the same things that we are, trying to get up every day and turn the cream into butter. And how do they do that? What do those relationships look like? Um, and it really opened up my eyes to uh, things that have been done. In the, so comparing projects that have been done in the past, successful or, or, or failures or not, and what we learned from those. And we had, you know, prior mayors from uh, other parts of the country, not just in Arkansas, you know, that came in and spoke. Um, and you know what it really did? It, it added some perspective. One of the first questions I had uh, running for this position, and let's just be honest, guys, I've never run for mayor before. And I had a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, and you, you don't know what you don't know. You know what you know, you know what you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and so being inter an introspective type of guy, I'm asking these questions, and, and, and uh, I was able to um, speak with uh, a prior employee of the city years back and, and, uh, and I asked one question. I said, hey, just let me, you know, between you and I, what is the one thing that you think, having worked for mayors over the span of, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, do you think is the biggest requirement? Uh, to be as successful. What do I need to know? You know, do I need to study certain types of statutes? Do I need to be looking into this? And, that? and she said, you know, if you just bring common sense to the table, you're going to be okay. You know, and she's right. If you just bring common sense uh, to the table and, um, but you also got to know where your sources of um, um, revenue come from and uh, how to be successful in a project, how to manage a team. That's, that's, you know, one of my, I think one of my biggest strengths is that I've been in a leadership incubator for the last decade and a half being in the military and everything I've done for the past 10 or even 20 years, going back to those high school sports I was telling you about, you know, um, I look at this as a, as a, a success or a failure of a team, not just one person. Um, but then that, you know, the leadership piece comes in and as mayor, you've got to be uh, ready to take responsibility for things that are well outside your control, you know, and, and we need that. We need people who can step up and, uh, and take charge and ownership of these types of programs. But CDI helped frame some of that perspective and answer th some of those questions for a new mayor, not knowing what he doesn't know. Okay. And really made me feel like, you know, even outside of Lone Oak, I got people I can rely on. I can call Dylan. I can call Shelby. Um, I can call Metro plan. I can call the municipal league. Okay. Uh, and these people have not only my interests, but they have my community's interests at heart. So um, wildly successful program that CDI has. Um, I would love for more people in my community to have an opportunity to go. Um, unfortunately, COVID stinks. I wish it wasn't here, but it's the reality and we're dealing with it. Uh, and so hopefully I'll be able to catch back up with year two uh, next year. And then maybe finish with year three, uh, the last year of my, I guess, four-year stint here as mayor. Hopefully, fingers crossed.
That sounds great. And and we we really enjoy the fact that you you enjoyed CDI so much. And we are very excited to see you next year um, for CDI 2021. Mayor Reed, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We enjoy working with you on multiple projects we've done on Lone Oak, including Kickstart, the Walk Audits with Craft and Tall, and now the AmeriCorps VISTA program. We look forward to continuing to work with you and the great people of Lone Oak to continue this effort into the future. Thanks, Dylan. Uh, thanks, Emily. Uh, hope to see you guys soon. I know I will. On upcoming episodes, the CDI podcast will feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas and the Mid-South. We hope you join us next week on the CDI podcast.